you know, save your money, buy some D-ball. This program is for educational purposes. It fits within YouTube's guidelines under the context of science. I am no longer professional. I am uber professional now. You're uber professional? Mm. Hello, Laser. Welcome to our professional podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley Crossland. <laughs> All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings on high-quality supplements that hardcore bodybuilders have trusted for 15 years. Also brought to you by supplementsource.ca for our Canadian peeps. We're also brought to you by Eval. If you're in the UK, go visit Dave. Get some lab work done. His wife will make you some cakes at tea time. It'll be amazing. David, we got some stuff today. We got some steroid stuff to talk about. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, not much to report, really. It's been a fairly sort of just, yeah, one of them weeks. How's your uh, how's your uh, your training with Zach Khan going? Uh, I don't think he's my friend at the moment. I don't think he likes me. No? no, not a lot of people do though. So that's pretty par for the course, I think. Yes, I I, I think I hurt him several occasions last week. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I haven't even spoke to him this week. Oh, Mister Stevenson is in the house. Yes, I haven't even. I haven't even spoke to him this week about training this week, so I don't know if he's hiding. Uh, Ooh, we got some good questions here. Uh, before we get to our questions, though, um, I, we had kind of like a little mini topic we're going to discuss. Uh, we also have uh, the question of uh, what was it, Equipoise versus DHB. So I'll pull that one up. We'll tackle the listener questions in the live feed. If you guys have any questions watching this on YouTube, then do us a favor comment because that helps uh, to boost us up plus it gives us you know stuff to talk about for the next episode uh, and if you haven't subscribed then i encourage you to because we have several programs coming out each week david so the topic of the day which was which was your idea and i think this is a pretty good one is basically like biggest supplement letdowns what was what was the biggest supplement letdown that you 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 were told by probably the media uh, that this thing was going to make you gain, you know, 20 pounds of lean tissue in 10 days. And surprise, surprise, you probably spent too much on it, shiny label, uh, and then it, it didn't work. I didn't, right, so that I never had a supplement that let me down because I could never afford them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was poor. I was poor growing up. Um, but I do remember cybergenics. And I remember constantly seeing the full page and two page ads in the magazines with all these body transformations. And the local supplement shop, which was Dodds, um, and it was really the it was a health food shop, but they sold proper subs. Yeah. And I remember this box of cybergenics being in the window, and the sop the, the shop was more or less underneath where the gym was. I trained at. Okay. And I remember just stood outside that window. Like a right sad sack, just looking at yeah, basically with <laughs> willing, willing this box to somehow come to me. Um, and then I remember buying a book 
uh, from the back of Flex. Um, I think it was Ellis Darden, although I might get the name wrong. And it was a um, like training book, so it was a, a program, yeah. uh, and it was it was like massive in so many weeks, whatever it was. Okay. The photography in that book was phenomenal. I have to admit, if you wanted inspirational images for each body part, fuck me, there were loads in there. There yeah. really was. But, yeah, I remember following that to the absolute T. I lived and breathed that book. Yeah. It did um, it work? Yeah. Did it fuck? Did it bollocks? <laughs> uh, it, it, it might have worked with a grammar test, but it wasn't definitely working in my fat natty status at 15, okay. 16 year old. So apparently Scott Stevenson did the cybergenics training program, which I heard that that training program was nuts, man. Like I was, yeah, it was stuff like fasted at like fucking four o'clock in the morning or something. It was really, yeah. That's mad. crazy, man. I saw it. I heard, listened to an interview with one of the guys who was like the, 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 the spokesperson that they used. He was like the first guy that used the transformation pictures, uh, with, mm-hmm. in cybergenics. He was like a, he was a teen that was really successful and he like partied and partied and was using drugs and all of that. And then he was able to like just turn it around and get in shape in, you know, six weeks and win a contest type thing. And they used those before and after pictures and they're like, he was on the cybergenics plan. And they just get basically pasted him in and they're like, Yeah, here's our spokesperson. And and that sold me, man. I remember those cybergenics before and afters. And I looked at those guys and I was like, Oh, I want to look like this guy or this guy. You know, this this great transformation. Some of them were amazing. I mean, some of them were were really incredible um, sort of night and day jobs. But, yeah, I remember that big blue box. Franco Santorio? Tori, Toriello. Santoriello. Wasn't he a pro or, or nearly a pro or something like that? I remember there being somebody who wasn't just an amateur attached to him. Yeah, he was like a guy that was a he like with teen nationals kind of guy, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can pull him up. See. Yeah, that's cybergenics at work right there, Dave. Yeah, I never looked like that. Uh, creatine to me was kind of like the big one, and I think everybody like there's still, I think sports like high school sports and stuff today where people are like, hey. We're not using creatine because it's too dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the I, I've, I know a few people that have deliberately taken the piss with this, but I also know a few people that have genuinely had phone calls from concerned mums and parents because their son's using a product that says anabolic in it, so that therefore means that that product must contain steroids, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like anabolic whey powder or anabolic mascane. Well, that's got steroids in it because it says anabolic. You know, they just link the word anabolic with steroids. And so I, I, I have been party to a few of those over the years. Dude, even Andro, Andro, like Andro yeah. Stendial. I remember when those things came out, they had the, the androstendione, and then they came out with norandrostendione, and then they came out with androstendiol and norandrostendiol, and then they had like capsules that contained all four of them. And uh, I mean, they they did a little bit of something, but realistically, they were they were not what 
they were not worth the money. You know, save your money, buy some D-ball. This is how old I am, okay? So I'm older than dust. This is how old I am. You're pretty old. I remember remember when liver tablets were like the main supplement you used. Yeah, they didn't really have a lot Uh, of high-quality protein then either, did they? And I remember Ian Harrison. Ian, Ian Harrison tells the story of his mum and dad coming into his room. Yeah. And basically, he'd taken all his liver tablets, and I can't remember if he'd, if, if he'd brought them back up or if he'd dropped them or something. But anyway, they came into his room, and he was crawling around on his hands and knees, desperately panicking, trying to pick up these liver tablets because he did not want to miss one because he didn't want to lose any of his gains that he was going to get from taking liver tablets. He was addicted, highly addicted to those liver tablets, it sounds. Is anyone old enough to remember liquid aminos? Me. Were they not the awfulest thing on the planet when it came to taste? Dude, that was the worst. And it was a thick syrup. So it would like stick to the insides of your mouth. But I think they worked. Like I made progress using those. I would take the bottle. It came in like the, the, you know, the tall bottle. Uh, I'd take the bottle out of my gym bag and I would just like chug it for a minute. That was my supplement for the day. That was all I used when I was like 15. Take a big old. Oh, God. Big old chug off they of that st- stuff. They stunk as well. Oh, that was the worst. That was the absolute worst. And they still are available. Like, they're still out there. We yeah, they're a little we- bit flavored now, at least. <laughs> we should see if we can get Liquid Aminos as a sponsor. How about that? In Cybergenics. I wonder if Cybergenics would sponsor us, Dave. Do they still exist? I don't know. But we should start advertising for them, I think. Bring it, bring, come, like, make a comeback, you know? Only now, we do it with, like, D-ball. That's the difference, you know? Everybody's on gear nowadays. It's very true, though. I mean, you you don't... I don't know if it's because of where we sit within the community, as in, obviously, we, we, we're very au fait with users in the user community. Excuse me. Good God, oh, Good God. I know, I'm so sorry. Or if it's... <laughs> I'm not really fucking a lot of you. Um, We're going to get some oh, comments on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Professional, told you. Or if it's if it's just that you don't have that market now like you used to for the subs that promised the fucking world. Yeah. I'll tell you what was not disappointing. Ultimate Orange. Oh, good God. No, you got your caffeine, your ephedrine, and your aspirin. You can't go wrong with real drugs. You know what I'm saying? You were off your tits on that <laughs> shit. <laughs> so I didn't get the concept right because that was out when I was real young. So, of course, my mom drove me up to GNC in the mall. And I went in there. And uh, I also bought my first gym T-shirt at that GNC. It was a powerhouse gym shirt. Never trained at a powerhouse in my life because I'm like, 14 years old, not allowed to go into gyms yet. Uh, actually, I, I got a membership at the Wayne Rec Center, and there were like a bunch of Jack Juiced guys that were my dad's friends that trained there. Side story. But the ultimate orange, I thought of it like, okay, this is you drink this to like, you know, get more muscle, you grow. So I would pour a big glass of water, mix a nasty old scoop of that in there, and then I would start training and do like my bicep curls. And then take a chug off of it. And then do some more bicep curls and take a chug off of it. And then some more bicep curls. <laughs> yeah, some more <laughs> bicep curls. Yeah. 
Yeah. I trained at a powerhouse when I was in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have powerhouse yeah. over there? No. No. I want to it's train. It's like a franchise, isn't it? It is, yeah. The the they're actually from Detroit. So the first ever powerhouse is in Highland Park, which is like this little neighborhood in Detroit, real kind of tough area. And that's in and that's what Ron Love still works out there and still trains people there. Uh bun, you know, a bunch of pros have come out of that gym. And then the world headquarters is in Novi. Uh so there I that used to be my home, my normal home gym that I'd go to. Huge place, as you can imagine. It's a good place, good gym. I'd like to go to Muscle Works. That's what I want to check out. Muscle Works. Yeah, the original. Uh, the original in Bethnal Green. It's closed now, from what I hear, but they moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like to see. I. So there's a couple of gyms. I've, I've been to Muscle Works a couple of times. It was a male-only gym. There were no women allowed. Yes, I heard that. And parking was an absolute fucking nightmare. And then you went up these narrow steps, and the gym was. Rickety so the gym was on two floors. You, you entered it on the first floor and then went down the back into the leg room that was underneath. Nice. It was one of those gyms that had a, a history, but there were much better equipped gyms around. Yeah. You know, Muscle, muscle Works was more the atmosphere and, and the history of the place rather than – because there was some kit in there that was fucking shit. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was some good stuff as well. Well, listen, we're um, getting a little off topic here. Yeah, uh, we are. Let's uh let's knock out some listener questions. Uh we could use some questions today which you guys have uh graced us with. So we'll jump into this. I did have one question. Um for some reason my screen captures aren't showing up on the computer today. Um but uh the first question we had was from YouTube from the previous episode. And I remember the gentleman had asked uh what's better? Uh, equipoise or DHB? And I thought to answer this question, a good way to start might be to explain uh, the differences, basically explain where DHB came from uh, and explain how they relate together, I guess. And I, I thought that'd be right in your wheelhouse, Dave. No, thanks. Maybe it's not. They, so dihydroboldenone. Apparently is it is. See, you know uh, stuff. I knew this. Um, whereas EQ is, is Boldenon, uh, Boldenon on the side of the Um, but even though there is that similarity in, in the base compound, they are very dissimilar. Um, it's a bit like saying Decker and Tren are, are both nor 19. So as a result, they're very similar drugs, but we all know they're fucking worlds apart. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very similar situation. So... Um, EQ, as test converts to dihydrotestosterone, then EQ converts to dihydrobolmol. Uh, but in that, really, is where the similarities sort of end. Yeah. <laughs> um, DHT has a much greater binding affinity than testosterone does, uh, and therefore is effectively a more powerful compound. Um, not quite literally, but. Um, and it's very similar with the separation between EQ and DHB. DHB is much stronger, much harsher on your system. Sure. Uh, but as a result of that, obviously, can be much more effective in MIG for MIG on how it works. DHBs, a lot of people find DHB quite painful to inject, whereas EQ is, is 
very unoffensive when it comes to injections. It's very, very rare you'll hear someone say, I'm having problems with injecting EQ. Yeah. Um, whereas DHB, and one of the problems with DHB is in the manufacturer, it has a big tendency to crash. Does it? Um, yeah, big, big tendency to crash. It, it's one of the compounds that you'll very often see sensitive to temperature and very quick to come out of solution if it's not looked after. As a result of that, that's part of why it can be quite painful pit-wise as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but it, it's a it's a much stronger compound um, and much, much harsher on the system. BP can be an issue. Um, and I said they're just they're just completely worlds apart. It, it's there's just it, it's hard to sort of you know the similarities I suppose are only in the name rather than anything else. Yeah, yeah, in in the relationship, I guess. But I, I would agree with you. They are very different compounds. And man, I've had some good luck with DHB. And I've had some DHB that would just like would destroy the muscle you put it in, you know. So it's I almost feel like here's my thought. There's a lot of risk involved with going to compounds that you're not super already familiar with. You know, it, it, as boring as it is, after you've kind of run through the basics of gear, you know, your test, DECA, EQ, trend, the orals, you kind of have an idea of like what you respond well to. And at that point, my thought would be to lean into those things. Uh, but, you know, you start experimenting with new things. You want to try something different. And then I have a friend who was using DHB and ended up with like it. it he, I think he did like a ventral gluteal shot with it. And he like messed up his hip and caused all sorts of issues. Now, had he gone a safer route and used something that he already had a lot of experience with, it was tried and true, he could have avoided that. I almost feel like the best cycle is the cycle that you respond well to. You don't have side effects with, you know, it, you, you don't have all these weird variables like this stuff could be really painful. And I know everybody wants to believe in their brand. They're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, Dave. My source makes really good DHB. But I think that is the problem with DHB. It's not so much in the compound itself. It's in the sensitivity it has to stay in, in suspension. Uh, and like you said, a lot of the people that, that will, will complain about crippling PIP from DHB is because it is still to an extent crystalline. Yeah. Uh, and that will make those shots incredibly painful incredibly painful and, and i think some of the problems with dhb are around the, its manufacturer and it's not just quite as simple as people sort of think it is yeah yeah i could see that so you know what? i'll jump into the uh listeners here oh i like this peter quoted us on the supplements part conversation you can't go wrong with real drugs that's a good quote i like that <laughs> say Say Scott, not me, Scott. Don't be blaming me for that shit. <laughs> I'll own that. That was good. Okay, so Travis joins us. Oh, he has a really interesting look at that profile picture, Dave, with him and his uh, his lovely lady. They are they are having some. Do you think that's are that is that really paint on their faces or is that like a? No, that... apparently we're very popular with the zombie community, Scott. Oh <laughs> no, I meant like is it a is it an app thing like a filter? 
<laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, moving on. Can natural subs like P5P or L-DOPA be effective at eliminating prolactin sides? If so, how would you dose them? I'm not estrogen sensitive and I don't get gyno, but for some reason, DECA, about 600 milligrams per week, gives me sensitive nipples. No lumps or anything, but it's annoying. Plus, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to I'm assuming it's from uh, prolactin, but I'm trying to avoid caber or prammy. 500 milligrams P5P um, daily. Dude, plus it's great for sleep, man. P5P. Mm. Like B6 at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, 500 mg uh, daily. Though I would recommend that you start it prior to starting anything that's going to cause you prolactin. From what I've seen, and this is only observational, so it's not study-based or anything sort of backed up with any fact, but from what I'm seeing... People who start with vitamin B6 prior to a cycle that's going to cause elevated prolactin tend to have much better control rather than people that then add in the B6 once they've already got elevated prolactin levels. Okay. So it definitely seems to be something that works much, much better and is much more effective if you take it before you start the cycle that you're going to get prolactin from rather than trying to retro address the problem once it's arrived. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I hear Mrs. Crossland, is she with you there today? She's she's got her headphones on but she's typing in the background. Okay. How's she doing? Are you being nice she's to her good. today? I am, yes. Okay, I'm just checking. Uh Andrew Nolan. He adds uh <laughs> creatine ethyl ester. <clears throat> Well, that's a fairly modern supplement, but uh, I must admit that was, I remember the FLS marketing and that was touted as putting a shitload of weight on you because it was this newfangled form of creatine, creatine sorry, and et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? It turned out to do the same thing as the other creatine, but only more money. It, it did. Yes, it did. Um Twin Labs amino fuel. That's 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 going back a bit. I think you'd be. You don't look old enough to remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's still out actually. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's this from? Where's he from? He says hello from Guernsey. Guernsey. Where the hell is Guernsey? It's an island off the shores of this mighty country I live in. An island. Okay. So is it would it be on the the north or the south or how how does that work? You know, actually, it's definitely not northern. Uh, I think it's more southern. I can't remember exactly where it is. Guernsey. We have a company here called Guernsey's. They make ice cream. It's actually really good. Just forgot to throw that out there. Shout out to Guernsey's. And use our code THINK for some additional savings on your rocky road. <laughs> hey, if we are getting sponsored by ice cream companies, I'm in. <laughs> I am most definitely in. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. 
If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Okay, do either uh, of you have experience with peptides, CJC, DAC, or IPAM? I don't have, to be honest, I have virtually no personal experience with peptides, bar the real obvious ones, BP, TB, and MT2. Uh, I've always been... And this, this actually, this this is where your previous quote would come in. You can't go wrong with real drugs. Yeah, versus because, the yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, they're a halfway house that just don't quite do what you want them to do. Agreed. And if they do, then you're using them at such a cost that you might as well have brought GH in the first fucking place. Yep, yep, yep. There are a couple of exceptions. I mean, CJ. It's it's got plenty of track record of improving GH levels. There's no doubt about that. GHRP six has GHRP two has. I've always looked at MK more for its appetite than anything else. And I know before MK, people were running GHRP six for appetite. Yep. And they 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 do have their place and they are effectiveness. And I suppose really out of them, the only one of the newer peptides that I'd probably invest some interest in would be Frag. I'm not interested in frag. Just, just, well, just just from a point of view of that isolated fat-burning property without everything else that goes with GH. Okay. Um, but in general, I've always – well, certain peptides I wouldn't go near with a barge ball, particularly anything that's claiming to be myostatin suppressant, folistatin, 42, yeah. or it is. I wouldn't touch them with a fucking barge ball because they are literally just a waste of money. Um, some of the GHSs are, are, are reasonable, definitely, but you're – you're always going to be capped by your body's ability to what it can naturally produce because yeah. that's what you're stimulating, your body's natural ability. I've used the two so together. You, you know, I've used them with real mm -hmm. growth where I've dosed growth first thing in the morning. I was using hydrotropins first thing in the morning and then like four hours later and then four hours after that I used GHRP6 along with, uh, I think it was Hex. And then it was either IPAM or Hexarelin. And then four hours after that, I would do that again. Um, I was it a benefit? I don't know, found, but it did help my appetite. I I found it works better the next day rather than the same day. Really? Well, there is there is suppression from growth hormone use, so sure. it does suppress your natural levels. And I found that trying to run the peptides on the same day is a little bit counterproductive. You get a better bang if you run them on the secondary day. And then go back to the growth on the day after that. So it's an EOD protocol, one day peptides, one day GH. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you you do your GHAM for fat loss, you do GHPM if you wanted to improve recovery. That's the basic simple guide I've always worked to with it. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um, it says, hey, guys, best way to recover weight and size after being sick for about a month. I think we we talked about this on the last episode. Uh, dropped thirty pounds from not eating. Yeah, he was the guy who had an upper respiratory infection. I think uh, starting on cycle back up in a couple of weeks. Six hundred test, four hundred trend, fifty oxies. 
I, I think the advice we gave him was just to get back on track, and that weight's going to come back. He, he didn't lose 30 pounds of muscle, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't be looking at Tren after having an upper respiratory infection when Tren is so um, harsh on the lungs. That's true. Um, and I think if you were going to run anything, I'd run a relatively low sort of starter dosage cycle because you're only trying to recover what you previously had. Yeah. So I wouldn't be throwing full cycles at something when I'm just trying to get back to where I used to be. I mean, I'm, I'm what, six years now since I sort of used anything, seven years since I probably really trained hard, hard. Um, and obviously I'm not using anything apart from a real low-dose TRT, but I, I am seeing week-on-week -week progress. Yeah, It's not dramatic. I'm not transforming, but I am seeing compound strength gains week on week without fail. No kidding. Uh, no, I mean, it's, 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 it might be an extra rep or two each week or an extra five kilo each week, but everything is going up solid every week. And I'm not touching a thing. And, and that is that is muscle memory. Uh, yeah. So if I can regain lost tissue, and what's really weird is the size of muscle is very disproportionate to the strength increases. So I tend to fill out muscularly very, very quickly, but I don't tend to get strong very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, so my strength isn't coming back in leaps and bounds, so it is progressing, but I am much, much fuller. Huh. Um, I'm still a fat folk, but that's another story. We'll get onto that one at a later date. All right. Uh, you know, we talked about equipoise on lab work last week. Uh, Andrew Nolan says... So about EQ on blood test um, from last episode, my uh, RBC in hematology always comes back uh, high after a twelve after the twelve weeks on EQ, but never messes with my hormones. And he lives in the U.S. by the way, so it sounds like it's the same here as it is there. Guys, we talked on the last episode. Dave explained to us how EQ doesn't show up on. On your blood work. This, yeah, this has come up in a few other. Um, I've heard people claiming it's a myth. I've heard people saying it's not. I can only go from what I've seen experience-wise. Um, but it does seem to be a very mixed batch on, on how um, often it doesn't show. But, I mean, I was – I remember – in my very early days, talking to some of the old boys that were on TRT, and they were saying they'd run EQ because when the doctor tested them, it wouldn't show. Okay. So it's definitely been something that's been practiced for a very long time. And my understanding is that it doesn't show. But I've had a few people say, well, it showed on mine. Yeah. But then we went back to that argument is, well, was it EQ you were using? Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I mean. That's, I saw an increase, but hey, I can't say for sure, you know. No, I mean that's that's the problem with this stuff is we're always we're always working on whether the drug we're using is actually the drug we're using. Right. Okay. Ryan Charles says, um, if no signs of gyno sensitivity are present, at what point would you start to bring in an AI to reduce estradiol? Blood work came back at. Uh, one ten uh, PG per ml. Mm, that's American, isn't it? So that's why double upper limit. Roughly. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Which would be equivalent of about two eighty UK. Um, I'm very tempted to say 
I wouldn't. Yeah. If you're not getting any symptoms from it and you're not showing any negatives from it, then why bother? Yeah, I, and I guess it depends on your goals. You know, mm. if you were trying to cut, then I would then, say, you know, get it under control, you know. But, yeah. If you're bulking, I don't see there be – I mean, I I, I genuinely – I'm going to go UK now. but So if you just bear in mind that upper limit's around the 140 mark, lower limit's around, one, around the 40 mark. Okay. So on a bulk, I would happily let estrogen get up to 140-ish, 150-ish in a client as long as they weren't experiencing any problems from those levels. Yeah. And on a cut, I would definitely be looking to keep it south of 80, 70, yeah. 80. I think that's fair. Yeah. You, um, don't, you don't want to level it. We, you know, we used to do that. We used no. to just destroy estrogen going into a contest, mm-hmm. you know, zero or negative 10. And then we were, then it was post-show, massive water rebound, massive blood pressure problems because estrogen has gone through the fucking roof and you're eating shit on top of that and everything else that comes with it. But people seem to be getting much more sensible post-show these days, but then uh, the season doesn't really seem to have an end anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it just seems to roll into early qualifiers for the following year and it just rolls through. It doesn't seem to... I mean, obviously, we still have that peak period of sort of Easter to, to fall. But uh, see, I used the American terminology then, so you'd understand. What did you say that was American? I, I just I didn't even understand that it was that you were trying. It just sounded normal to me. What did you say? I said I said fall. Yeah, fall. Yeah, well, we don't use that word. It's autumn over here. That's the classy. That's the, way the you're trying to class it up, you guys in the UK. <laughs> right. So hang on a minute. So we use the word autumn, which goes and ties in with autonomous seasons, autonomous colours and everything else. You use the word fall because it's because leaves fall off trees. Uh, and you say that's classier. No, you guys are classing it up with autumn. More syllables, yeah, fancier yeah, sounding right. word. Like yeah. aluminium. And caramel. Yeah, they only say caramel on commercials when they're trying to jazz it up and make it sound like a candy bar that you want to spend your money on. Center of soft, blowing caramel. Instead of whatever it is you lot say, caramel or something, I don't know. That's a name, isn't it? It's kind of like, it's kind of more crass sounding. It's like caramel. Caramel. I don't think, I don't think you get the carabit. I think it's just caramel. Caramel. Yeah, two yeah. syllables. You got an extra syllable in there. Caramel. Caramel. <laughs> it sounds awful when we you say pronunci- it that way. We pronunciate, sir. Aluminium. I sounded just like you when I said that right now. <laughs> Best practices for managing uh, blood pressure while using GH. And this will be our well, last one. This is our last question, guys. Yeah, because Scott has something else to go, and you're not important enough for him to hang around. Just so he, I'll put that out there, so he doesn't try and fan you with any bullshit. <laughs> He's going to get a new wig fitted. Um, well, BPGH is predominantly water based, so I would say you're looking at managing your water retention. Um, two ways that I. Th- would look at one is obviously make sure you're well hydrated, make sure your electrolytes is balanced. Um, 
if you can, you want to be trying to get that water pulled into the muscle as much as possible, so it's not sitting in the bloodstream, yeah. and therefore it isn't elevate. Therefore, it isn't elevating BP. Um, so a lot of that's to do with um, simple sugars and salt balances and, and making sure. I have. I remember when I was doing silly things, and I was using silly amounts of GH. Um, the water retention was horrendous at one point, and I literally started using. What I do is I, I got a bottle of water, um, like a shaker, and I put two tablespoons of uh, Himalaya sea salt in the bottom. Well, actually, I put nearly an inch of Himalaya sea salt in the bottom. Oh God! Um, with a little bit of sugar, and I'd just let that sit and shake it up regularly, and then every morning I'd take several gulps of that. Uh, and I know it sounds mad, but the transformation in where the water was in my physique was was mad. I bet within within a few days it just it just moved, and I went from looking like Stay Home of Marshmallow Man to to looking like uh, someone who actually had some muscles. Um, it was it was quite impressive how that little bit of salt manipulation transformed where the water was sitting. Cardio will help, all that sort of stuff, you know, but you need to get that water moving out of the bloodstream. I've seen people, um, I've seen people actually have issues with prolactin while on growth hormone. Now, this came up the other day, and my understanding is this is only at really high doses or elongated periods of time. I think it has to do with how people process things. Uh, my friend VJ has a real difficult time with, with steroids. Like, he'll take a small dose and it'll of a of a steroid and he'll gain a ton of water he'll take put it this way i ended up with a lot of free steroids in my day because he would try his master on and be like oh this master on's fake it's got to be test probe and then he would give it all away to me and then i would take it and i'd get like dry and hard and nasty looking on it and i'd be like no that was really good master on actually so we ended up we went in on a bunch of GH together. And this is this is a long, long time ago, so it is beyond the statute of limitations. In fact, we got this this ten kits from a doctor uh, who prescribed it to both of us, as a matter of fact, for any law enforcement that's watching this program right now. Um, I started at two, three units, he started at two, three units, and we were training together at the time. We show up to the gym one day and I'm looking at him. He was up like 25 pounds and every inch of his body was bigger. His head was bigger. His entire body was bigger. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He was like, I'm doing the same thing as you. He's like this G. And at first I was like, holy shit, you're a super responder. You've never used growth before, dude. This is going to be the best cycle ever. And the weight just kept going on and he kept looking worse. So I, I think that like for him, he just didn't process GH well. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think he processes steroids well either. So there's something. Now, he was, of course, a really unique situation. But I do wonder, because I've had people who've gotten gynosensitivity while taking GH more than once. Uh, people using well, it's, 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 it definitely happens. But my understanding was it had to be quite significantly high for it to happen. But, yes, it definitely happens. There's, there's, there's definitely evidence of that without doubt. Yeah, I don't know, man. No, anyway. No, just, so if anyone has had gynosymptoms from GH, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be curious to hear about that. Well, David, 
Uh, we got some really good feedback on the last episode, by the way. We got like a, we got a lot of people watching it already. Like we record this show the day after we rec- we release the last one. Uh, as of right now, we are at. Uh, let's see here, Dave. Waiting for this to load. We're at two thousand five hundred views, which is um, very. Good. It says looking good. This video has gotten two thousand five hundred and three views. Uh, it says which is similar to uh, the videos you usually get. So, but we're at the upper end of it. Good. People like you. You know that? I don't, I don't know why. And in uh, relation to Dave's looks, we got this comment last week. But that's just understandable. I mean, that's just, you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Eric M says, I got a half chub every time I see Dave. Good lad, Eric. I'm proud of you. <sighs> don't fight it. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know, we did get a question um, on the last question on the last show about blood work in the UK. Uh, he said, "Where can I go to get blood work in Surrey?" Sorry, 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 sorry. So the nearest we have is we do a monthly clinic now at Crayford Weights and Fitness in Dartford, which is going to be the first Saturday in December. Okay. And then in January, in January, it'll be the second Saturday of every month. And we got another blood clinic in Rip Gym in Basildon on the first Sunday in December, which will then be the second Sunday of every month from January moving forward. Nice. So he can go there. Yeah, it's still a little bit of a drive for him, unfortunately, but it, it's not quite as far. Um, we also have a mobile in the London area, so it oh. may be worth him speaking to her and seeing where he is because Surrey's a decent sized county, so there, there could be quite a difference between where he is as to where we are. Oh. Uh, but if he if he gets in touch with his father website, we'll see what we can sort out. Okay, so go to uh, what's what's the website exactly? www.evalbloodanalysis.com you don't have to put the you don't have to tell them the W's, Dave. You know that, right? Don't I? Why not? Because the W's are it's a it's a given. They they don't even have to put it in if they go to the Google machine and they just type in was it eval blood what analysis 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 dot com. That's yeah. how I remember the spelling analysis analysis. Guys, this program has been brought to you by blood eval <laughs> analysis. You know why www.com, I, I think. And if you want in postal, I'd look up you for revisited. Um, revisited. I'll, I'll yeah, put a link. I'll have a link in the description, guys, if you want to check out Eval. Uh, and, uh, of course, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK. Get some savings over there. Appreciate everybody who's been supporting the show. Check out our Patreon. Uh, if you're in Canada, check out uh, supplementsource.ca. And uh, you know what? Leave us a comment. Tell us uh, tell us how you really feel about Dave. It's, it's okay. We understand. You can't hide your feelings. Uh, you know, Dave's a great guy. I mean, if that's what you're into, then I support it. You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you be? Christmas cabbage. Thanks for joining us. It's okay. good. Guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley Crossland. 
Chip, chip, cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>